So I want to do two things today. The first is I want to end the debate. I want to set the record straight with regards to this myth around indulgences being time off in purgatory. It is not true. This is wrong. We're going to talk about why this is and what it actually means. The second thing I want to do is because we're at the beginning of Lent, I want to give you three Lenten gifts that you can carry with you throughout Lent to deepen your spiritual life and devotional life so that you can grow closer in holiness and prepare for Easter. So with that, let's get started. Let's tackle number one. Thanks to poor catechesis and the ignorance of Catholics in their misunderstanding, this holy tradition that the church has had for 2,000 years has been abused really over the last five, six, seven hundred years. And it's led to the removal of one of the most beautiful treasures of the church, the Recolta. It has been replaced by the Enchiridion of indulgences. Now, maybe I'll put a picture up on the screen here. If you were to compare the Recolta to the Enchiridion, just in terms of size, you will ask yourself, did they just throw the baby out with the bath water? Now, why did they do this? Well, a lot of the abuses had to do with this idea that indulgences meant time off in purgatory, which is wrong. That is not what indulgences actually mean. This came about because every time you would look at some type of manual where there was an approved prayer, like in the Recolta, let's just pick one here, pick any prayer. Let's go with invocations to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. There's a beautiful prayer here. Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. And it says here an indulgence of 300 days. You'll see indulgences of 500 days. You'll see indulgences of a year, indulgences of up to three years. So people just kind of assumed, what did that mean? It meant time off in purgatory. That's not the case. What it meant was performing that prayer or performing whatever action attached to that prayer equaled X number of days of penance. So that was equivalent to 300 days of penance or 100 days of penance or three years of penance because you have to remember in times past, penances were very severe and oftentimes it would be months before someone was admitted again to receive the sacraments, Holy Communion, etc. The church is the dispenser of all graces, namely through the sacraments, However, whatever you bind, whatever you loose, if the church says that, say this prayer is equivalent to that number of years of performing that penance, the effect is applied because it's not just my actions, but it's my actions in unison with the whole church that allows that to be true. And this is purely done out of mercy for us. Now, of course, it was abused. And because people continued to perpetuate the abuse and misunderstand it, not truly understand it, it led to the removal of this beautiful, beautiful collection of prayers. If you can never get your hands on one of these, again, I thank my wife for acquiring this. It's very special to me. If you can get your hands on one of this, I think you should. Now, almost right away, there are going to be objections with this. Now, the minute that I begin to pull out the Recolta, I get people telling me, Dylan, you shouldn't be referencing the Recolta. This is old and done away with. It's been superseded or replaced with the Enchiridion. I get it. Whatever you bind, whatever you lose. I'm not arguing that the Recolta is still in effect. I understand it's not in effect. But I've also read the Enchiridion. And I'll tell you right now, the main difference between prayers in the Enchiridion and prayers in the Recolta, other than the frequency and the number of prayers is this. They took away all of the time frames and they replaced it with partial 
or plenary. I'm not gonna go into plenary indulgences today. That's not what this video is. I'm talking about partial indulgences specifically. With partial indulgences, what they've done by replacing a time frame with the word partial is they've said, we as human beings are not going to specify a specific number of days equivalent of a penance. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to create this broad term of partial and we're going to leave the determining amount up to God. Grant number one in the Enchiridion, and there's four general grants for a partial indulgence. Grant number one says the following. A partial indulgence is granted to the Christian faithful who, while carrying out their duties and enduring the hardships of life, raise their minds in humble trust to God and make, at least mentally, some pious invocation. Can you see where I'm going with this? Let me help it along. I wonder where we could find a list of pious invocations that have been around for hundreds of years within the church and that have been promulgated and promoted by popes and saints throughout history. The second reason why you should do this is because if the Enchiridion says we are going to leave it up to God to determine the time frames. Really, that time frame is just a mercy of the church. Remember what it had to be at one point, right? 40 days of fasting, 300 days of whatever, pilgrimage. Since when could human beings ever, ever compare themselves, finite beings, to the Almighty God and say, we can outdo Almighty God in his abundance of mercy. Since when? That just isn't true. We cannot outdo God. We cannot outdo his mercy. We cannot outdo his abundance, the source of mercy and the source of abundance of all graces. Therefore, if I look through a prayer, it gives me tremendous comfort. Look at this, invocations to the sacred heart, sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. The church at one point granted 300 days indulgence. What did that mean again? 300 days indulgence meant that prayer was equivalent to doing 300 days of penance. If the church could grant 300 days, do you think that almighty God is going to grant less or more? You answer that question. In your heart of hearts, is God less merciful or more merciful than the church? This is why I think it is an absolute tragedy that people don't know about this beautiful book. And one of my missions here is to bring it to your attention and to teach you some of these prayers. If you can't get your hands on a copy yourself, at the very least, you should know some of these prayers. And that leads me into part two of what we're going to do today. I'm gonna to give you three beautiful prayers that I myself will be using this particular Lent to deepen my devotional life, to grow spiritually, and to draw closer to God. I might spend the rest of my life making up for all of the sins that I had committed, and I'm okay with that. We have resources available to us that have been lost but are found again. And so, let's go through three of my favorite prayers. Before we dive into the three prayers, I wanted to take a quick moment and welcome and recognize our latest Patreon contributor, Enrique Montes. Enrique, thank you so much for your family's generosity. It's because of Patreon members that I'm able to continue to make YouTube videos like this. And at the end of the video, we're going to pray for him, all of our patrons, for their family members and their intentions. So don't just click off at the end of the video. It's an opportunity for you to practice your Latin and thank those who are supporting the channel and making this video possible for you. Back to the video. Prayer number one during this Lent is to make these pious invocations as a form of penance 
in reparation for the sins that we've committed throughout our life. Now these three particular prayers are all taken from the Rakolta. They are simple pious invocations that anybody can learn to pray either in English or in Latin. Originally they had indulgences attached to them and even though they do not anymore remember that because of Grant 1 in the Enchiridion, these prayers still hold a partial indulgence and we submit ourselves to God's mercy rather than to the mercy of human beings with regards to their equivalent penance. God is more merciful. The first prayer is number 20 from the Rakolta. And it's one that you've probably heard before. It's one of the Psalms and it's often prayed during the breviary every day. And it goes, O God, come unto my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse two. In Latin, Deus, in auditorium meum intende, domine ad adiovandum me festina. In Latin again, Deus, in auditorium meum intende, domine ad adiovandum me festina. Prayer number two. Oh my goodness, one of the most simplest prayers. And this is a prayer that I would often pray in the middle of my day when I'm waiting for something, when I feel anxious about something, when I want something to happen, and I really need to feel the presence of God in this moment to bring me down off of my height of emotion. And it goes in English. This is 154 from the Rakolta. Come, O Lord, and tarry not. 500 days indulgence was attached to this originally. In Latin it goes, Veni Domine et noli tardare. Veni Domine. Come, Lord, et noli tardare. And do not tarry. For the third and final prayer, this is an act of adoration to God the Son. We adore thee, O Christ, and we bless thee because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world. This is said every Friday by my family during the Stations of the Cross that we pray together as a family, and to learn it in Latin is very, very useful. Adoramus te Christe, et benedicimus tibi, quia per sanctam crucem tuam redemisti mundum. An indulgence of three years was applied to this originally, and to the faithful who re recited the Apostles' Creed in conjunction with the above prayer in a spirit of devotion to the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ were granted an indulgence of 10 years of penance. This is incredible. Now I'm gonna continue to do this throughout the season of Lent. Maybe I will include this at the end of a couple of our videos if it's suitable, these pious invocations that you can carry with you through Lent. And there you have it. We set the record straight for what plenary indulgences are and why we shouldn't throw away this beautiful treasure of prayer that the church had used for years because it is still useful today. As is my custom, I'd like to finish by praying for all of our Patreon members, for their family members, and for their intentions. So please join me now. We'll pray one Our Father, one Hail Mary, one Gloria. Let us begin. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum. Adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationum, sed liberanos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut in principio et nunc et semper et in saecula, saeculorum. Amen. 
In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. There you have it, folks. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Don't forget, Ash Wednesday begins this upcoming week. Go get your ashes. And until our next episode, may God love you and Our Lady keep you.